This was an example where they were going to get ready to forklift out a ton of equipment on their network and throw a ton of money at it. And I'm like, guys, wait, is that before we do that, let's let's find root cause. Let's make sure that we're directing our funds in the right direction and at least isolate the box that it's coming from. So, and this we were able to do with these examples. Everyone, it's David Bumble back with Chris. Uh, we, a lot of you have given a lot of great feedback about the TCP IP deep dive video and we're asking where's, where's the second video? So here we go, Chris, welcome. Hey, it's great to be back, David. Looking forward to digging back into some more TCP. Let's go deep. So what are we gonna look at this time? Is there something specific? Yeah, so we were talking and looking at some of the comments and I think a good place to chat would be around the maximum segment size. That is an option in the TCP header. One reason to focus on this is because it's just often misunderstood as far as how it relates to the MTU, right? So the network, I mean, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but the network has an MTU, an Ethernet MTU, you could even have an IP MTU. How does, what does that have to do with MSS and how does TCP, how can we help TCP with overcoming fragmentation or uh, uh, hitting its head on the an interface along the way, along the path. Yeah, so off camera, we were discussing something and you were saying that maximum transmission unit or MTU is often misunderstood. Um, did you want to talk about that a bit or should we just jump straight into Wireshark? Yeah, you know, um, actually, I think there's a video that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about. So why don't I show that real quick? I brought it, I'm just going to bring it in. So uh, this is a video that I like to use in my trainings to talk about this whole subject. All right, so when we're learning how this whole process works, it's important to first think about how we can't just take any size packet and kick it out on the wire. And this is a video that sometimes I use in my training classes. Uh, this is actually a bridge that's in the United States and they call it the 11 foot eight bridge because this bridge is exactly 11 feet, eight inches tall. And here's the problem is that trucks will try to go under it and it's a can opener. Bam, it just takes them out. So this is actually a whole video that you can watch on YouTube if you'd like to. And this happens enough to where, wow, this is a whole thing, right? So what does this have to do with network traffic and um, our subject? Well, really, we can't take a packet that's too big and just send it anywhere that we want, right? That is regulated, right? So first let's talk about MTU and what that means. And like I said, David, I know you have a lot of experience in this, so I'm actually interested in hearing what you, how you can contribute to the conversation for sure. So no, I'm, um, the, I'm the dumb guy, so it's all on you, Chris, come on. Stop, stop, yeah, whatever, <laughs> okay, right, Mr. CCIE. All right, so basically, so, so at Ethernet, at the Ethernet layer, we have, and let me just uh, draw this out for you. All right, so if I take Ethernet, right? So I have my destination Mac, source Mac, Ethertype. Those are the fields of an Ethernet frame. And then I have this payload, and that's just my data, right? Oops, sorry, so wiggly. And then down here, I have my FCS. Okay, so that's this is four bytes FCS. This is data. And then we have, okay, dest Mac, source Mac, and then ether type, okay? So ether type, or this is actually length type, okay? So another conversation. But anyway, so this is where a station's gonna put its destination MAC address, or its source MAC is here, where it's going is destination. But this data field, this is where this is variable, right? It depends on the amount of payload that I'm sending. Keep in mind, Ethernet can work with a lot of different protocols, 
You know, it doesn't have to be IP. It could be IPv6. It used to be, there were some other competing protocols at uh, layer three that were really, really common. Data, this is a variable field. So basically in the ethernet standard, it was decided, okay, why don't we take that data and limit it to 1500 bytes? Now, this is actually something that made ethernet take off in the early years when there was a lot of competing layer two technologies is because ethernet, it was efficient in that it could carry 1500 bytes and it could do so with just an 18 byte overhead, okay? So four bytes here, if we add all this up, so I've got six bytes of destination Mac, six, six bytes source, and then this ether type is two bytes. So that's a total of 18 bytes of overhead to carry 1500 bytes. That's not so bad. So this is why a lot of times ethernet you'll see on uh, networking interfaces and routers along the path, you're often gonna see that 1500. And that's a good thing, right? That's a, that's a good amount of data to be able to carry across the link. Now, keep in mind, this is transmission unit. How much can I send? Well, in the days of ethernet where you had, okay, I got ethernet and inside this data, I've got IP, let's just keep this simple. Um, in fact, let's just draw this again because I don't like that. All right, so I just cleared that out just to be, to be able to take a look at the data field. Now, just let's just imagine that this is just that payload, okay? Now, let's take a look at the first 20 bytes. Let's just imagine this is his IP, okay? So now this is, this is 1500, all right, from side to side. All right, that's 1500. And IP is going to add 20 bytes as long as there's no options. And, and then we, the next we have part, to say IPv4, right? <laughs> oh, good call. Thank you. IPv4. If it's V6, then you got 40 here. Okay, so let's just work with V4 for a moment. Because let's go back in time when, you know, we didn't have so many different types of fields and header values that we need to, to consider. All right, IPv4. And also the TCP header without options is also 20 bytes. That means TCP as a maximum amount of data that it can carry for a payload and still fit within the MTU is going to be 1460. That's why a lot of times if you're looking at your TCP handshakes and you see a SIN and you go down to that MSS field, we've done this on previous videos, you're going to see 1460 a lot of times advertised as an initial MSS. Okay. What that's saying is, hey, David, I'm going to connect to you. I'm a client. You're the server. I can receive 1460. Okay. So you can send me that. That's another reason why MTU and MSS are a little difficult sometimes because MTU is maximum transmission unit. MSS is, hey, David, don't send me a payload any larger. It's kind of like a maximum receive unit, if you will. But that's MSS. So this is advertised in the SIN. It's only advertised once. This is just a beautiful, blissful, perfect world where there's no <laughs> other protocol. No VPNs. No VPNs, no GRE tunnels, nothing else, no PP over E or any other type. Or like you just mentioned one, no other IPv6, no other anything else that needs header space. So this is where protocols start to go, okay, let's roll back our sleeves and now we're going to start fighting for that 1500 while still having a payload that makes sense. This is where TCP can become involved. And this is where we can take this, M this MSS that gets advertised in the handshake, and we can actually bring this number down 
so that we don't bump our heads like the 11 foot eight bridge. It's, we're not going to smack ourselves into an MTU that is lower than the actual full packet payload. How are we doing so far? Yeah, I think um, we just need to emphasize MTU is per hop, isn't it? So you, if you go across like a 10 gig, 100 gig interface, the MTU could be a lot higher. Um, but if you go across, like we said, um, some other kind of interface, the MTU could be lower. And that's that's also a problem. And um, I don't want to jump the gun, Chris. I'm hoping that that's where you're going to explain MSS and you know why oh. why this is a nightmare. I think that's a great call. In fact, why packet tracer? Why aren't you coming up? So, um, yeah, actually, why don't Chris, I talk about that? Now? Chris Greer actually uses packet tracer. Wow. Yeah, I use packet tracer. Wow. I mean, but okay, here's my here's my beef with it though. Can't capture and export PCAPs out of it. So points for GNS three. Points for GNS three. All right, where are we? So let's go ahead and go into um, our MTU. So, so we were actually just talking, David. So uh, this interface, uh, this is just a basic network, okay? We got two routers, right? right? We got a router here, we got a router here. Now, this is where, and, and don't worry about my sniffer in the middle, okay? So this is where we could have an Ethernet interface on one side. We could have a 1500 over here, okay? And in the middle, we could have a different MTU. And that's where, like I said, Previously, if we just had a flat Ethernet network with no other considerations, just 1500, 1500, 1500, 1500, this conversation isn't as complex. The complexity comes when we start needing to have different MTUs along the path. I'm just going to say 1436. Or we have to start accommodating for other technologies such as IP tunnels and GRE and IPsec. And if I have, uh, take another type of, like a point-to-point uh, -point protocol of Ethernet, that's going to borrow eight bytes from the payload. Those technologies, depending on what I have in the middle, that's going to reduce the MTU along the path. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it becomes a nightmare. Like, I was just thinking, and I, we don't want to take it too extreme, but like VXLAN, uh, IPsec, oh. GRE, like you said, PPP over Ethernet. I mean, there's so many of these. And then you, you get the crazy stuff where it's IPsec over GRE or, and then over MPLS. Um, so, yeah. you know, how many times <laughs> do you want to, like, do this? So you've got all these different technologies adding and stealing, if you like, from that MTU. So <laughs> bit of a problem. So um, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to jump the gun again, Chris, because I um, I remember, I'll just tell a war story while we're here. I remember- Ooh, war stories from David Bumble, everyone. War stories. Let's go. Let's hear it. I remember doing like VPNs years and years ago, and it was a nightmare because, um, I mean, GRE, IPsec, VPNs across the internet for many, many sites around the world. And it's like, okay, you've probably experienced this as well, where a ping works. Ping's great. But, the, but people complain that the network is slow. So, oh, my pings are great. Network's fine, but nothing goes through. And that's exactly this problem, isn't it? Because uh, large packets are being dropped. Sorry, go on. No, you're fine. I mean, uh, I would never want to jump in on a war story from David Bomble. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> but what you just said is exactly why a lot of times for me on my side, being from the, coming from the packet world, that's when I'll get called. Pings work. The path works, things are still slow, and why? And a lot of times that can happen even um, if somebody doesn't realize it, if they migrate to a new technology, if they even add one thing, but it breaks another. And that's why I'm super passionate about this topic because you gotta understand what's happening end to end. See, David and I, if you and I are communicating, especially over TCP, we have zero knowledge of the network underneath. Yeah. I mean, you're in California, I'm in the UK. 
is, I mean, how many hops is there? There's a lot of hops, different technologies. We have no visibility of that. Yeah, None. I remember this. I remember reading a document on Cisco's website talking about MSS and MTU. Took me a while to understand it. So, Chris, hopefully you're going to make it simple for everyone watching. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. So, um, first of all, let's just, uh, how is it that I've gotten so far into a video with you so far, David? I haven't had Wireshark open. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit worried about you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm falling off. I'm falling off my game. All right, everybody. So it took me way too long to get to this PCAP. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But here we are. Okay, <laughs> back to the fun. And let's go ahead and do this. Um, you can kind of see what I've done with this uh, profile. I'm in my TCP plane profile, and I'm just going to take a look at this first packet. This is a sin, and I'm going to come down into the handshake and take a look, like we did on previous videos. You guys already know this. This is old hat now. We come down to options. Maximum segment size is 1460 bytes. Okay, in a perfect world with maximum capability, this station can receive 1460. 1460 plus 20 byte TCP header plus 20 byte IP header, no options. That gives me 1500 in a beautiful, blissful, perfect world. Okay. And the reason for that is just to just to make sure everyone understands, this PC has an Ethernet network card in it, and that's why we get to the fourteen sixty. Yeah, that's that's how. So fourteen sixty will be the payload, but TCP is trying to stay under the fifteen hundred. Yeah, which is the card. Yeah, the card like the TCP goes. Oh, we're Ethernet. Cool. <laughs> All right, I'll just, guys, I'll just have... say this, Chris. I don't know if you can bring up your Mac. Sorry to take you on a tangent. So if you look at your Mac um, Ethernet settings, um, like network preferences. On your on your on your Mac, so on your like Wi-Fi connection. Oh yeah, sure. So if you go to network preferences, mm -hmm. uh, and you go advanced uh, hardware, so we can see the MTU 1500. Yeah. So if you go manually, good call. Good so if you, call. If you set that to manual, if you if you go to the MTU there, you could set that like if you had a 10 gig card in your Mac, you're going to want to up that because the MTU on uh, like 100 gig or 10 gig or 25 gig interfaces, you're going to want to make it a lot bigger than that to get the throughput. Otherwise, it's too slow. Yeah. And that's if you're, and you have to have a full, yeah, you got to have a network that understands everything in the middle. Yeah. That's a good point. Like yeah. That. So, I mean, I am, um, I, I, I need to post that video. I'll, I'll link it below once I've posted it showing you how I connected a 10 gig interface to a Mac and then the throughput is low through the switches until you up that. And I mean, there's lots change of videos this. like that on, on, on YouTube. Yeah. So cool. Honestly, that's new to me. I didn't know you could change that. Wow. Yeah. You, you have to, because otherwise you'll never get your like 10 gig full line rate. And does TCP change its MSS after that? So Chris, uh, just remember remembering what you spoke about, like 1460 and 1500, because TCP recognizes the Ethernet MTU, if I increase the Ethernet MTU, then the MSS will adjust. So if I make the Ethernet MTU 10,000, then the uh, TCP will be bigger based on the headers. Yeah. Yes, and that, that actually gets us into jumbo frame environments yeah. where we have larger connections or we have a system end-to-end -end that understands we can use larger MTUs. Yeah. So that's where we want to be careful. Um, just because I send out, if I had the capability, just because I can send out a 8,000 byte frame, 
what if the next switch next to me can't accept it or the next router can't transmit it, right? So end to end, we have to have that understanding that jumbo frames work. Yeah. So that's just a, but typically in most environments, end to end, you're going to see uh, 1500 as an MTU. Yeah, I mean, Chris, just for the real world, I mean, you are troubleshooting um, client networks, not always in a data center. So, I mean, those large, large frames are typically in a data center, aren't they? Even though it might change now because, you know, people are getting gigged to their homes and uh, even higher speeds these days. But, I mean, today in the real world, it's typically uh, 1,500, yeah? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's going to be a, a limiter for a time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one day, then, one day they'll go, you know what? Ethernet was written in the 60s, so let's go ahead and move forward. <laughs> <laughs> We'll okay. find out. <laughs> so, Chris, I just want to make sure that everyone gets this. Um, what is the difference between MTU, maximum transmission unit, and MSS, maximum segment size? Can you just explain, like, very quickly what, what those two are and the differences between them so that everyone gets that piece? For sure. It depends on basically the layer we're talking about. All right. So let's go Ethernet layer two. How much data can it send out on the wire? What is its maximum transmission unit? So a lot of times you're thinking switches, you're thinking router interfaces. What is the maximum transmission unit for Ethernet MTU? Okay. You can also have an IP MTU, but most of the time we're talking that Ethernet MTU. Maximum segment size. See, keep in mind that Ethernet deals in frames. IP deals in packets. TCP deals in segments. That's great. Yeah. So when I get a huge drop of data down from an application, it just goes thunk down from, oh, here, TCP, deal with this. And it's 10K. TCP looks at that data. It's a stream-based protocol. So it goes, um, how much can I put in each segment? How much of this 10K can I chop up? It doesn't really care, but it's got to know, well, I don't want to make anybody upset down below with the Ethernet interface. So it's going to work in tandem to figure out what do we got to work with? No? Okay, 15? Cool. All right. So that tells me the maximum segment size that I can put as a payload within the actual packet itself. Now, just to make sure everybody's clear on that, this is just a, I'm just going to draw out a whole frame. So this is the Ethernet component. Okay, so Ether. Keep in mind, there's headers. So Ethernet, and let's just deal just for simplicity, IPv4. We'll tackle IPv6 on another video. So I got Ethernet, IP, TCP, and then I have my actual payload. Now, TCP does not care what this payload is. All right? Yep. It doesn't care. Any application. This is MSS, the maximum amount of data that I can carry within a payload. Does not include, it does not at all include the TCP header, the IP header, or the Ethernet frame. The M, so, so right here, so this is, sorry, let me go here to here. That is MSS. And that, as a maximum, it can be 1460. That's because the minimum TCP is going to be 20, IP 20. The Ethernet frame is 18, but uh, that's not even accounted for in the MTU. The MTU, is from here to here. So Ethernet goes, my payload is 1500. That does not account for the Ethernet frame, any VLAN tags, any other layer two stuff that might be appended after the payload. So the Ethernet payload is the MTU. The TCP payload is the MSS. And that's why these two concepts can be a little confusing sometimes. 
Okay, so since we're talking about a uh, one gig or less interface, I mean, that's what I'm dealing with here. So I'm talking about standard Ethernet. I got to fit it underneath 1500 bytes. That's my budget. So TCP is going in a perfect world. IP is 20. TCP header is 20. That gives me 1460 for a max payload. And again, this is an advertisement of, hey, David, you can send me 1460. Okay, so let's take a look at the opposite direction. I'm not going to look at any of the other options for now. Let's really focus on MSS. I even added this as a column here. So 1460, the server in the opposite direction says, cool, yeah, I can also do 1460. Now keep in mind, this is not a negotiated number. The server could say 1432, 1400, 1300. And that just means I will send 1460 to you but you cannot send 1460 to me. You got to send 1300 of what or whatever I advertise. Not negotiated. This is an advertisement of the MSS. This is never repeated again. This is in the handshake. So this is again why it's so important to capture a handshake. So let's take a take a walk down this PCAP. This was a PCAP that was uh, given to me by a, a friend named Vladimir. He's got a really cool blog. Maybe we can link that down below uh, about this exact problem. And I, the reason why I like this example is because of what I'm about to show you. And that's where two endpoints can actually do something called path MTU discovery. Let's learn how that works. Okay, so we're basically transferring a file. I'm not gonna worry too much about the uh, NetBIOS session service and the application up above. Okay, we're just moving a simple file and it's not until, let's keep our eye on this segment size. If we come down here, we're going to notice, all right, ignore that for now. Just trust me. Okay, boom, big packet, big packet, big packet, big packet. So right here, the server is trying to send across. I know it's the server because the source port's 445. He's trying to send a 1460 over to the client. 1460, big packet, big packet, big packet, then less than big packet. So this is just a block of data. Right away, we get this destin unreachable, destination unreachable fragmentation needed. Whoa, okay, wait a second, hang on. Let's go back up to this first packet, this first big one. And if I come down into the IP header, if I take a look there, it says, don't fragment is set. What that means is, hey, router, don't break, don't, or any, any router or any device along the path, do not fragment. Don't break this up into different segments. IP can fragment. That means if, David, if you send me a huge frame, I can break it up into smaller ones, add a new IP header to each one, and then send it along its way. It goes all the way to the receiver. The receiver then pieces it all back together and then ingests all that data. I have a, an IP fragmentation video on my channel if anybody wants to get a bit more into how that works. Okay, so DF was set. This means don't break it up. Okay. And in fact, in t a TCP thread, most of the time, all packets have the DF bit set, okay? Because TCP is like, I, I don't like fragmentation. I don't want to fragment. Fragment does a, fragmentation does a few things. First of all, I got to bother a router with, with uh, splitting things up and adding a new header. It's not as efficient. Now my endpoint, David, you now have to bother with reassembling everything. So if I'm dealing with a fragmentation situation, my throughput goes down because now we have to add another process like fragmentation. So TCP wants to be efficient, don't fragment me. But we hit this router here. This is 1.1, let's just check this out. Let's inspect this. Okay, so IP header, and let's take a look at the ICMP message. Destination reachable, fragmentation needed. Uh-oh, we hit our heads just like that bridge, right? The 
<laughs> we hit an 11 foot, eight inch bridge. But this is what's interesting. In this packet, this is where the router can advertise the MTU of the next hop. So this is called path MTU discovery, where the router is saying, hey, 1300 is what I have next. And you just sent me a 1460 without the actual letter, big headers. You actually sent me a 1500 byte packet. I got to break this thing up. I got to take this payload, snap it up, and I got to add some new headers, send this along its way. So this packet goes back to the sender. Let's take a look at the next packet. So now the sender goes, oh, I ran into, uh, I ran into, remember, let's remember that, 1350. Next packet. Okay, so the TCP segment length here is 1310. So now we take 1310. We can add a 20-byte TCP header and a 20-byte IP header. Now we're at 1350. So the sender got the hint. He reduces it. He sends it, that one gets through, or we don't see that retransmitted down here. And if I take a look at the next packet, now this has a TCP segment length of 150. Well, if I add those two things together, I'm back up to my 1460 bytes. So now I just took those 1460 bytes, split it off, 1310 in one and 150 in the other, and then that data can move along. And I, I noticed that the sender did the same thing with those other large packets. So that is path MTU discovery. Yeah, I've got to remember the, um, it's been a while since I've done that <laughs> years ago that I had this huge issue with the VPNs. But Cisco devices allow you on a tunnel interface as an example to type IP path MTU discovery or something. I'll put the, the actual command below. Because if you don't do that, the routers just drop it, don't they? And they say, um, sorry, tough luck. And I don't know if this is what you found on the, on the, um, on your like troubleshooting war stories, Chris, where if someone doesn't do that on a tunnel, so let's say they put it across a VPN tunnel or something, that's where the pings work, but all the traffic, well, you can't send traffic through because um, like if you, op the, the typical issue I, I've seen, pings work, but you can't open up a website or a website is really slow or something like that. Um, wherever you're sending larger packets, it's slow, but the pings are fine. And that's because the routers are not communicating back to the clients that, path MTU discovery is 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 available uh, and the routers are not communicating that back. Is that some Correct. stuff that you've seen, yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah, it what you just said is exactly it. The, the route first of all the router has to be capable of doing this. Yeah. Advertising the the next um, MTU. Second, that it needs to be enabled, so it needs to generate yeah. the thing in the first place. And then that ICMP message needs to make it back to the endpoint. So if a firewall or some other device in the middle could drop it. And then the endpoint needs to react to it. Yeah, so our endpoints, I kind of, Chris, you, you're doing this every day. Windows, is that the default is MTU path discovery is on now, is that right? It should, yeah. And the reason why I say should is because I haven't seen it actively in the wild in a little bit. It's It's been a while since I've seen a PCAP like this. So that's why I, I borrowed this one with Vladimir because I think it it teaches the point very well. But as far as in the wild, I just haven't seen do TCP stacks on these different operating systems still react to path MTU discovery, okay? So yes, in theory, have I actually seen it at the packet level? It's, it's been a while since I've seen it at the packet level. But back to what you were saying, one thing that, um, one thing that can trip people up, especially when talking about MTU versus MSS, let's go back to the ping example. All right, so, so you mentioned, okay, pings work, but um, anything else doesn't. Okay, so why is that? Well, okay, let's just do this. Let's just ping David Bumble. It's a bad website. 
<laughs> All right. Well, look at it from my perspective, right? Uh, you know, David Bomble, he's he's a whopping. Uh, actually, I'm going to stop this. All right. What what can we learn here? So first of all. Um, I bring this in. All right. So yeah, boy, latency, but that's not your fault. Um, also TTL. Okay. We, we learned in previous videos that gives me a guess as far as the number of routers I'm going through. looks like I'm going through 10 routers, right? I'm guessing you started at 64 and here's my 64 bytes, right? So 64 bytes was put into a TCP or I'm sorry, an ICMP packet. Basically it's a very small amount of data. That's a lot of times why a ping will work in this scenario, we're not really stressing things. So something that I'll do and we'll just come in and we'll start to tinker with that length field. Okay. So let me just clear and you can do this on windows or Mac or Linux, any of them. Um, let me just do a ping, but this time I'm going to change. This is, this is basically the, the packet size and let's do this. Let's make this thing 1500 and I'm going to ping David Bumble. Okay, and you know me, I can't um, not capture this while we're doing it. So just because it's fun to learn side by side. And this is what I encourage everybody to do. I mean, do these uh, do these tests on your pings and these types of things that we show you, but capture it at the same time because that's when you, you can really understand the, the flows and what's really happening. So I'm going to come in here and I'm going to go ahead and do capture. I see some traffic coming in. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say ping dash s 1500. So that sets the packet size or weight, does it, to 1500. This is what's tricky. Well, I get a lot of people saying, oh, goodness. Oh, okay, let's just see if stuff works. Now, this does work, but let's actually see what happened. Let me come in here. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do ICMP. And if I come over here. I can see my total length is 1500 bytes. Wonderful. Okay. Expanding IP. And if I come in here, uh, let me see where my total length is 1500. So wonderful. So, but 1508. So let me actually just remove, I'm just going to remove this and I'm going to take your address, David, and I'm going to drop this up as the destination and actually flip the direction just call it adder. Okay, so now I got both directions of traffic, but check this out. I got one packet that's 1500, the total length is 1500, but I had eight bytes of ICMP, right? So this still was a big packet. In fact, the other data that I sent, so this is actually 1500. Now keep in mind, that's the, that's the maximum packet size. Take out 20 bytes for the IP header, and then I need eight bytes for ICMP, so in that first packet, I'm only able to send 1472. And then in the next packet, I'm able to send the rest of the data, the other 28 bytes. And that gets me up to, this is why I said, this is not an advertisement of the actual overall packet size. This is the amount of payload that I want to send to David Bomble. So my system fragmented it because it had to because of the NIC limitation of ethernet. That's what I'm going over from this system. Let's do this. I'm going to add what I can do. So I can do dash D. Now, if you're in a Windows system, you use dash L to set the length and you use dash, I think it's F, like lowercase F to do do not fragment. So what I'm doing is I'm telling ping, send a ping, but don't break it up. And what does my system do? 
It goes, whoa, wait a second. Right, right. So you're trying to send 1,500 bytes, Chris. Like, let's back up. 1,500 bytes with an ICMP header, which is eight, and then you want to send another 20. So, buddy, you're you're 28 bytes over budget here. We can't even send that out the front door. Yeah, I mean, your local computer is doing that because the network card is, as we looked at through this preferences, is 1,500, and you're trying to squeeze too much in. So immediately it's kicking it back to you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I, I don't even see a single packet out here because yeah. my system's going, nope. Yeah. Now, uh, let's try this. See, this is where, this is where uh, I'll, I'll talk to my clients and they'll go, oh, we have an MTU problem because we can't send 1500s. Remember, when you're pinging with a 1500, that does not take into account the IP header itself, right? That's why up here, 1508, that does take into account. It's advertising. It's saying, hey, I added eight bytes for the ICMP header, but this gets put into an IP packet that then needed to be fragmented. As soon as we added the do not fragment bit set, that's where we got in trouble, okay? So let's do this. If you set it just below, I don't know if, sorry, I'm jumping the gun again, Chris, like 14, okay. whatever it was, then it should go through, yeah? Let's try, well, let's try it. Let's try 1472, do not fragment bit set. And I'm gonna come over here. Uh, let me just start my capture again. Um, I'll leave that filter just in case I actually, your IP doesn't change on your site, depending Hope on so. where it's at. There we go. Okay, so we're seeing some traffic go through. And let me go ahead and stop the ping. We're gonna come back here. Let's go ahead and take a look at our first packet. So this is don't fragment. The total length is 1500. But if I come down here, the data itself, so 1464. So if I add my eight bytes, that's gonna bring me to 1472, which I said I wanted to send. So I basically threw 1480 out there on the wire minus the IP header. If I go one byte more, 1473, then message too long. Sorry, buddy, you're over budget. You're one byte over budget. Okay, so you wanna see a cool trick with yep. a Mac system? All right, so if you're not sure, kind of ran into this one the other day, you can just do a range of MTUs on a Mac system. Um, honestly, I haven't tried it on a Windows system, so I don't know if you have, David, but... All right, so the, basically I'm saying start at this range and then um, stop at this range. So that's the low G, big G, and you can you can look at the help menus and, and it's all in there for you. Let's do 1480 just for grins. I'm gonna say do not fragment. And actually, I need to say what's my interval? How much do you wanna go up for every attempt? And then I can do dash D and now I can do, that's do not fragment, davidbomball.com. Boom. So check us out. 1476, 77, 78, 79, 80. All right, we hit that's our nice. ceiling. That's nice. Right? So that tells me now, but let's remember something here. This does not take into account our IP header. So we're still good at 1500. On the wire, our MTU is still 1500. The reason why I wanted to show this to everybody is because I've worked with a lot of customers where they'll come in and they will basically ratchet down their MTUs locally because they think that the network in the middle can't carry 1500 because their pings stop at 1480. And I go, whoa, 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 hang on. 1480 doesn't include the IP header. So you're still good at 1500. No reason to drop it. Now, this is where we're going to get into the topic of TCP MSS Clamping. So the client thinks they need to set it to 1480, is that what you said? Yeah, so so the reason that this is relevant is sometimes I'll work with clients and I'll see them actually changing on systems 
local TCP MSS values. On their, on, their, that, on their client PCs. So they go to like correct. a thousand PCs and they try and change it, yeah? Thank you. Or they do it on the router. <laughs> okay, yeah. They'll tell the router to. So, and I'm going to get into an example in just a minute. That's getting into our war story. So the router can actually reach up when it sees a TCP SYN and it can change an MSS. So that way I don't have to go to all these other systems and change the MSS. If, if I have a GRE tunnel, if I'm doing any kind of point-to-point -point over E or anything that's going to borrow header space upstream and I need to reduce the payload instead of going to every system and saying, hey, TCP MSS, let's reduce this. I can do it on a router level. That way every SIN that passes by, I just reach up and change the MSS. I'm sure that's a, a value you've seen in the wild too or have set yourself. But as far as what, what to set it to, sometimes I'll be working with clients that have set 1480 or 1472 on their routers and say, well, 14, we have to change this, we have to clamp TCP because we have an MTU problem. And I say, well, what, what gave you, why'd you think that? And they go, well, look at my pings. I, I, it stops at 1480. That means I'm, I have a path along the where, well, I have a router along the way somewhere that I'm hitting my head under, right? I'm hitting my head with 1500s, so I'm bringing it down to 1480. This is where this is misunderstood though, because when you send a large ping, and this is the takeaway point, if so far, if you're swimming in detail a little bit, don't worry, capture some pings and, and check it out in Wireshark. But just take this away. The ping output will only show you the payload. You always have to mentally add 20 bytes to these numbers you're sending. So in that's other words, the it should IP be 1460. Header. That's what you're saying, yeah? Yeah. So, so for example, getting back into Wireshark, let me flip back now. Let's flip back over to that uh, PCAP again. So, so now if we get back into our PCAP, we understand a little better why it's very common to see TCP SINs with a maximum segment size of 1460. We need some space, TCP and IP. Now that's in a perfect world. What about when TCP has some options in a packet? So for example, timestamping, or if there's a packet that's lost and I need to do selective acknowledgement, those are topics we're absolutely gonna be hitting in the TCP deep dive series, don't worry everybody. But those are things where TCP header might increase in size. It could be I have a TCP header of 32 bytes because I have some options that I have to make space for. That will affect my payload. The system accommodates for that. TCP is going to go, oh, I have a larger TCP header. I can't put 1460 in this thing. Let's go ahead and reduce that guy down to 1420 or whatever it is. That way I have some more room for this header and I'm still staying under my bridge of 1500 bytes for the Ethernet uh, MTU. Yeah, so that's on the local device. And are you going to talk about MSS, like configuring that on a router or something to advertise that back to the client or is that a separate conversation? Uh, that's getting into my war story. Okay, great. I keep going to the war story. You... All right, I've kept you hanging long enough. All right, so let's do this. Okay, so <laughs> let me set it up here, guys. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the problem that was experienced. So first of all, let me just set up the, the complaint. It was exactly what you just said, David. Uh, pings work fine, and we try to open up a file, and it takes forever. Right? Or we try to pull a file down from a shared drive, uh, we try to open up and retrieve emails. Anything we do initially, it's just we just see this like spinny wheel for a time. And then after that, it's laggy, but it eventually works. And those are the tricky ones. Not broken. If things are flat out broken and there's a br broken path, that's easier to resolve than it's slow, right? And especially, hey, pings work. So the path is okay, so to speak. 
but moving data isn't. All right, so let me let me just build this scenario for you. This was a, the client side of a capture that we took, and I went ahead and I scrubbed off. There's no data encapsulated. Uh, I changed the port numbers and um, changed the IPs. So literally, the basically the timing is all that's preserved and some of these other values. Okay, I'm actually going to hide this for right now. Um, let's go ahead and come up to that sin. Okay, so the sin, if I come down here, I'm going to take a look at my options. I got maximum segment size 1460, window scale 8, so I have a large TCP window, receive buffer that I can work with, and we're using SAC. Awesome. Okay, like muscle memory, as we're start working through Wireshark, I want everybody to start to do this. Oh, it should become start to become automatic. I'm sitting client side because here's my my uh, latency is between my SYN and SYNAC. SYNAC comes back 86 milliseconds later. That's my network round trip time. Okay, so I was able to hit my endpoint, port 80, and he comes back. Let's check out that SYN, all right? Maximum segment size is 1432, okay? That just means I, I have to send 1432, but he can send 1460. Window scale is zero. This is just a trick on server side, especially if a server is sending data and not receiving it. It's just a way of activating this option without it actually needing to multiply to a huge window. This is something you'll see on servers. Um, kind of another topic, but basically it just, it just means, yes, you can use window scaling, David. That's awesome. SAC permitted. And then yes, we can do selective acknowledgement. Cool. So there's our handshake. Let's come down. Client sends 350 bytes to server. The next thing that happens just around my network round trip time, I see 93 milliseconds later, I see data come in, but previous segment is not captured. What that means is I had a jump in sequence number. All right, so we learned about this on the last video. We were talking about sequence numbers and how they increment. Basically, look at our jump. So this sequence number started at 1461, and we're sending 563 bytes. So the next sequence number will be 2024, but this one is 1461. I send this to you, David. You act back 2024 so that I know you got my 563. That's, that's what the server's trying to do here. But... Wait a second, time, 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 time. 1461, where was the 1460? This is the first packet we see come in from the server. So we go, as a client, we go, cool, um, ACK1, because I didn't get that 1460. If I come down into my SAC field, 1461 to 2024, what that means is, I got your uh, 563 bytes, but I'm missing 1460. You got to fill in the sequence numbers between one and 1461. Where was that big packet? Right away, that was an indicator to me that we were running into an MTU problem. Yeah, so someone right. along the path dropped it. Correct. Somebody along the path dropped it. Well, this is where things get fun. 21 <laughs> full seconds later. This is sequence number one, 21 full seconds. We, we sat around spinny wheel, spinny wheel, spinny wheel, spinny wheel, and then all of a sudden, boom, and then things start going. Well, looking at the packet level, hold up, 536, 536, 536. This is from the server. I'm capturing client side. We wait 21 full seconds to start to get this data. What on earth happened in 21 seconds? It's a long time. I don't like waiting. Okay. So let's go ahead. Well, you don't like it. Wait, you, you don't like waiting either. We are impatient folks these days. So let me come into, this is where I said, okay, um, and this is getting into the point, everybody, of multi-point captures. From a client perspective, I was able to get some clues off the wire that we were looking at an MTU problem, something maybe even with MSS clamping. This continued to work, but now I, I realized, 
hang on a second, we only have part of the picture from the client side. Keep in mind the server side, it's experiencing something else. It's doing something in 21 seconds. Let's go find out what. And this is where we come into the dual side capture. All right, so what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna move this guy over. I'm on a Mac system, which makes it a pain to start up two applications at the same time. So I'm just gonna do open-in slash applications slash wireshark.app, which I should turn into a little, I'm lazy, that's why I haven't done that. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and drop in my server side peak cap. Let's do this now. Okay, let me just resize. Clients on left, servers on right. This is as real world as it gets. If people show me that 21 seconds, I say, let's get, I gotta get a client side trace. I gotta see what's going on on the other side. Uh, for right now, time doesn't really matter. I'm gonna just, Pull this in, pull this in. Actually, you know what? Let, let's take a full look at this before we go too far. Now, the first thing I thought was just fun and weird is that big red line there. That's helpful. <laughs> so, sin IP total length is 64. Well, the complaint, if I expand this out, IP says total length exceeds packet length, which is 52 bytes. The actual... That's 52 minus the uh, ethernet frame itself. So the true frame size was 70 that was on the wire itself. Because we can see up here 66 bytes on the wire. Wireshark doesn't account for the F FCS. That's the four bytes on the very end. It just says, okay, there was 66 bytes. That's including the ethernet frame. But hey, IP, you're saying that you have 64 all on your own. So as soon as I add 18, this is broken. Here's what's weird. If I take a look at the original SIN, look at the IP header. Total length is 52. When it was received on the server, the total length was 64. Client lets it go at 52. Server receives it at 64. And this is the same IP ID, 4081, 4081. Hmm, someone's changing something in the middle. We get that sense? Yeah, like what's that about? Okay, so there's a clue. Let's just keep going. It still worked. Okay, so our SIN still got there and the SIN ACK was returned. So that's why... Uh, another tip for the listeners or the viewers, if you see some weird looking thing, some flag and things keep going and it was quick, that's probably not where you're troubleshooting, right? Like it, it's a clue that you store away, but don't get too hung up on every little flag that you see in Wireshark. Otherwise, you're never going to get past these black lines and red letters. Sometimes they're involved, sometimes they're not. The thing that I look for is the complaint was slow. So I got to go find where slow is. And down here, if I look at my delta time, whoa, that's that's full seconds. This is what they called me for, okay? So, SYN, SYNAC. And if I come down to my, let's take a look at our options. So, we have our MSS came in. All right, so MSS can't come came in. MSS came in, 1460 bytes, and I return it. And check this out, 1460 bytes. Hang on. Server, let's go 1460 but I receive it and 1432. Noted, filed away, okay. So let's keep going. So SIN SYNACAC, this is that 350 that comes in from the client. Then right away, the server sends a 1460, it, almost immediately. This 1460 starts at sequence number one. This 1460 never makes it over to the other side. It, it hammers two Packets out there, 1460, 563. The 563 made it. That's the 563 over here. The 1460 didn't. I can see that side by side. 
An act comes in from the client, the server goes, it waits. Basically, this is a full retransmission timeout. This was three seconds. Now, TCP has evolved since a little bit where it's it's not going to wait quite as long. But at this stage of the game, we're still building our, it's called a congestion window the, and also my, our retransmission timers. The server's still trying to figure out, well, I, I don't want to retransmit too quick because what if this packet's still in flight somewhere in the world? So it waits three seconds and then it sends a 1460. It retransmits. Well, now it goes into its doubling mechanism where, hey, I, I, after three seconds I tried, let's go ahead and try again, but I'm going to double the time. Six seconds. Huh. Still nothing. This is called basically an MSS black hole or an MTU black hole. We didn't get any ICMP data back from the network. That nice ICMP message that was uh, fragmentation needed wasn't coming back. Uh, the path MTU discovery wasn't coming back. That was either disabled on a router somewhere or a firewall was blocking it probably disable on a router somewhere. So the server had no recourse. It's like, okay, 1460, 1460. Now this TCP stack did something interesting. This is where the server goes, you know what? Let me just try 536. Now 536 is an interesting number that it tried. This is basically the minimum, I'm gonna try to say this well, David. This is the minimum maximum that you can receive as an IP station. If you're an IP station, I expect, because of if go look it up in the standard, you should be able to receive a packet of 576. Okay. At, at least. And that's in the IP standard. 536, yeah? Five, 576. Okay. 576, all right. If I take off the IP header, yeah. 556. If I take off the TCP header, yeah. I'm glad you, 536. I'm glad you said that, yeah. So this is TCP going, this is basically the last ditch effort of trying to get data across to you when you're not accepting a large packet. The station was like, uh, here's the minimum max packet that David can receive. Let's just try it. So he sends a 536 and it worked. Whoa, he got that packet. Okay, let me try this one. Let me try this one. He got those. Whoa, okay, here's the rest of my data. And now for the rest of this, see 1432s are coming across from you. But now for the rest of this entire throughput, for the rest of this connection, I'm scared to try anything bigger than 536. So you basically slowed the whole thing down, is that right? Yes, it slowed the entire throughput after we overcame this retransmission time. So now going back to client, this 21 seconds was burned because we were waiting on three retransmissions from the server with a big packet. Finally, the server was like, oh, 536. <laughs> Whoa, that worked. <laughs> Okay, uh, you have a very, very, David, you have a very, very low, uh, you know, it's either an MTU or you as an end station, but we're hitting our heads here. So let me just drop my, you know, I'm tall. So this happens sometimes I go through a door. It's like, oh, let me duck under that. Problem is though, is that once that happened, the, the station never tried anything larger. Now, this is where TCP implementations and flavors can vary. Uh, on another station, maybe it would have tried again. At a, at a larger value. I'm going to be honest, what I would have expected after a few retransmissions, some stations would even send a reset and say, you know what? I'm sending these retransmissions across. I try three times. If you're not there, I'm out. I'm going to go ahead and drop the connection. So that's where it just depends on implementation, the type of server that it was, the stack that it was using, and, you know, those little, I call them nerd knobs that are inside that TCP stack. I mean, it's a nightmare, Chris. So, I mean, okay, so you you saw the client, you got the capture from the client, you saw that there was mm -hmm. a problem, you kind of thought it was MTU, that was like sort of the hint, and then you had to get a capture from the server. 
But what happens if you couldn't get the capture from the server? Well, see, now experience would tell me I got to go look for an MTU problem. And the reason is because data that is coming across jumped 1460. That's experience, right? So that tells me, and also if I take a look at that MTU coming in, I would go, hmm, maybe the server knows something I don't know, 1432, right? So maybe he, so here, here was, everybody ready for the punchline? I don't know what it was. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what you, because I was hoping, okay, so what was the solution? Because that's what everyone wants to know. Yep. I know. Well, I'm going to go to Packet Tracer and I'm going to show you. All right. Just to illustrate this. Okay. Um, if I bring this back in. So let's basically, so the WAN in the middle, I, I had no knowledge of, and I still to this day, let's just, let's just draw a cloud, a puffy cloud. Yay. All right. Big black hole. I don't know what was in there, but this is what we found. Okay. So this was a client talking to some server over here. Okay, so keep in mind, I let go of a SYN and it had 1460 in the MSS. That arrived over here at 1460. Then in the return path, he let go of 1460 and it arrived at 1432. All right. So this is where what we did is we found that there was a router here that was doing MSS clamping. What that means is there's a command in there and David, again, I'm preaching the choir here. Basically, when you see a sin, take out the 1460 and replace it with 1432. The reason, I don't want to do this on every single end station. I'd rather just have the router do it because I got stuff I got to make room for in the middle. GRE tunnel, any number of things that are happening. Basically, hey, payload, get a little smaller because we have more. We need some headroom here for an, a WAN technology or a tunnel in the middle. Here's the problem. This router was upgraded. This was upgraded at the um, at the local office, but that command wasn't restored. The MTU or the MSS clamping. So what that meant is this this happened in the outbound direction. See the server or the router when it received a SYN, it would change the MSS. So it receives it at fourteen sixty, and it would let it go at fourteen thirty two, and it would just go across and arrive at the endpoint. But the 1460 in the opposite direction would be maintained by this router here. So what we had to do is go in and we had to fix that. We had to say, okay, let's just clamp that down to uh, 1432. Every time you see a SYN, let's clamp it, 1432. That'll give us some room up above. Now, 1432 is kind of an interesting number to me. And that's where I, and, and basically that, that's the punchline. That's what happened. As soon as this was restored, things got working. And let me tell you why. Things started working because now, oh, look at that. Let me get rid of that. Okay. Things started working because now the ingress MSS, if I took a look at that uh, SYN coming in, now the server knew don't, sending any, don't send anything larger than 1432. Don't send that. The problem was that the clients were telling the server, hey, I'm good with 1460. You can go ahead and fill all of these, these packets to the brim. Problem is that we were hitting our head on that bridge and the server was trying to compensate for it. But once this sin came across and gave us 1432 to work with, then the server could go, oh, okay. And it reduced the payload. And then now we were able to make it under whatever in the middle needed that extra headspace, which I never found out exactly what it was, but I knew that it was something that took some extra headroom like a tunnel. Was it a Cisco device or was it another type of device, those routers? It was a Cisco. Can you remember the command that we're typing? Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you asked. 
MSS adjustment. So this is from the Cisco site. Um, the actual configuration. See everybody, okay, audience, real quick. Can you imagine preparing for an interview with David Baum? <laughs> can, you mean, zoom, can you zoom in there, but Chris, sorry. Yeah, so so what we did is we found um, that one, this is M MTU clamping, right? So the router's getting involved here. It sees us in and it adjusts the MSS down. And again, why? Because that prevents you from needing to do it at every endpoint. For me, I was like, okay, this is great, but let's learn more about what's in the middle and let's even maximize it. Like what if 1432 is, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why that number caught my attention. Okay, so let me go back to my little um, drawing here. Yeah, sorry, That's Chris, right. I, didn't, I didn't want to put you on the on the spot. It's just, I'm, 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 there's another command that I'm thinking about called IP MSS. Um, that, yeah, um, if you, uh, th this was one gonna, that I'm I- gonna, I'm gonna link a document below because I've actually got a Cisco document where they've got that exact command. Um, yeah. to be adjust MSS, but there's another one that I'm pretty sure that exists that, um, there is, there's more than that better. one. Yeah. Um, let me see, is it in this document? So you're better prepared than I am. See, I, I knew you're going to ask that question. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a big world to get to get, get into because once you start like really looking at, um, MSSs and how to tweak them and tune them. All right. Well, yeah, tunnel, that's the command I'm looking for. Tunnel path MTU discovery. Because what you can do, you can advertise the, and uh, just for everyone watching, I mean, I'll confirm it in the in the description perhaps because um, this is like old memory for, I think, Chris and I. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's important to know you, how it works. You've got to, because what you're supposed to do if you like create a Jory tunnel or something is you've got to ad advertise the MSS. Sorry, you've got to advertise the MTU to the clients. And then the clients, Chris, I think it's true today that most clients will support um, um, MSS. Um so you advertise the MSS to the clients and then they automatically adjust the MSS based on that setting. So you don't just hard code it, you advertise that this is the maximum segment size for this link. And the clients will, that, that'll allow them to work out the maximum segment size along the path. But I like what you've done because you've shown like a real world problem where something went wrong. Yeah, it did. And, and even to the case you were just talking about, it, it's back to what are the myths that people believe and what are some things that get adjusted maybe without understanding it fully? For example, in this case, they were like, well, we were told to disable ICMP replies. Had you not done that, then PathMTU would have told the server what the actual MSS was, or we would have been able to get in and find out what the true one was. Because basically in the middle, we were dealing with a, um, a tunnel that was taking up space where that previous command would have been helpful, right? That I showed you on how to to ramp up your um, the, your packet size until you hit your head. But basically, this is what I did with fourteen thirty two. I was like, I think this is what happened um, as far as how we ended up on that number. Because if you take fourteen thirty two, this is what my brain did with that. If I have fourteen thirty two, okay, as as a MSS clamping on the router. What that means is that if that's my max, then I've got my TCP 20 bytes here. All right, that's TCP. And that brings me to 1452. And if I come up here with my IP, and that's assuming we're not running IPv6. If, if we're running IPv6, then just take an extra 20 bytes off of all of these numbers. Okay, so IP 20 bytes. So now we're sitting at a packet size of 1472. And I was thinking, how do we end up on 1472 as a full packet size? 
And they're like, well, that's the maximum ping size that we could get through. And I said, oh, that's where we're at. Because if we say 1472, that's not, again, the max packet size. We got to think about this also is going to add the, uh, this is going to add the ICMP header and the IP header on top of this payload. So I didn't actually get to work with them much further on this. I mean, it, here's my, here's the problem sometimes that I run into, David, is sometimes when things get working, then it's like, okay, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I go, wait, yeah. no, let's do more testing. And they say, yeah, but it works. Go away. So anyway, um, this number often tells me it's like, okay, we got a ping of, of 1472 through. So we're clamping, we're, we're, we're clamping our TCP MSS based on that successful ping, but the ping isn't taking into account the ICMP and IP header addition, the 28 bytes that could also go through. So that's where I was like, I, I mean, I don't even know if we need to clamp this network because if you're getting 1472 through successfully as a ping, that means you're really getting 1500s. Your total packet length, once you add, again, ICMP. So so on the, on the uh, let me draw this better, sorry. If you're getting 1472 byte pings through, well, eight bytes of that is your I, ICMP header, or you can add ICMP eight bytes to it. And then also there's a 20 byte IP header. You are at 1500. If the biggest ping that you can get through is 1472. So this number was interesting to me because I think they were assuming 1472 was their MTU. So now you have to drop it down 40 bytes to get to the TCP MSS of 1432, right? So I don't know, maybe there was something in the middle that was, uh, we did have to take to account for, but uh, this change, the again, root cause, let me back up here. Root cause was, over here on the receiver, I was getting 1432 from the server. The server was advertising 1460, but in the opposite direction, that clamping didn't happen. The server thought 1460 was still legit. That was getting dropped by a router. So yes, we did have a, an MTU clamp in the middle somewhere, but the the receiver never knew it never knew that it had to reduce its MSS because the outbound router usually took care of that. So anyway, that's my uh, Show us the worst Cisco story. command again, sorry. Uh, the Cisco command. Sorry, but the problem having me on the call uh, is I'm going to want to see Cisco again. What was that? That Cisco? You had that PDF, I think. Let me this one. No, okay, that's it's another, that's, that's another MSS. Document. Was that this that is another one? It's is the that, same is that, command. Is that the one you had? Uh, yeah, it's the same command. Yeah. Okay, so the the problem was someone typed that on a Cisco router on one side, and then they disabled ICMP. Is that right? Replies or something? What did Correct. You say? Yeah. So this was this was enabled on the outbound router from the server, and then routers in the middle were not responding to ICMP, or they were not advert. They the ICMP messaging was disabled, and then that would have told us which router along the way had the lower. MTU, and then oh, we could so, have yeah. made a decision from there, right? So, and then but the solution was to f do this on both sides. We needed to do this on both sides. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think the, what I'll have to do, Chris, is put. So I'll put some links below. I've only got uh, there's a bunch of Cisco documents. Like we've we've grabbed some, but I, you know, what's nice is like often on the Cisco documents, you read the theory about it, but you don't see a practical example like this of like a war story nightmare. 
And so it's great to, that's what I love about like you and I, um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, Chris, but um, you know, I've often discussed, you know, like Cisco people like me may know like the Cisco commands and stuff, but when it comes to this, sometimes they get lost or they misunderstand. And you come from this from the Wireshark point of view. And so it's great to see this, man. So thanks so much for sharing. Sure. And, you know, just as easily, uh, you start working through Packet Tracer and looking at commands and looking at buffers and looking at things that I'm lost. So, you know, uh, packets aren't the imperial truth of everything. And that's just the only truth there is. I mean, there's a lot of other important data sets out there. But for problems like these, especially the weird ones, that's usually where I think, okay, Wireshark, let's actually see what's happening on the packet level to then be able to make a decision going forward. This was an example where they were going to get ready to forklift out a ton of equipment on their network and throw a ton of money at it. And I'm like, guys, wait, is that, before we do that, let's let's find root cause. Let's make sure that we're directing our funds in the right direction and at least isolate the box that it's coming from. So, and then this we were able to do with these examples. My takeaway from every time we talk and every time I talk to someone is it's, you never stop learning, do you? It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this because things change. And I remember doing, I mean, uh, how many years ago? I'm talking like 15 years ago or something. I was dealing with this on VPNs and stuff 20 years ago. I don't know, a long time ago. You know, it's still the same problems in a lot of networks, but stacks change and, you know, commands change and stuff like that. Um, but we still often deal with the same old nonsense. Yeah, I like to say, you know, you, you keep forgetting things, but it comes back again. So, Chris, again, uh, this, this video is getting a bit long. I want to thank you so much for sharing. You know, it's uh, I don't want to kill it. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up? Yes, actually, if you don't mind, um, there's, I know we, we're limited on time, but there was just, that just reminds me, there was one last little thing, a feature I wanted to make sure everybody knew. Um, with Wireshark, uh, so this is just a quick little PCAP, maybe I can share this one. Um, but if you come down to, there's a few TCP threads here, but a feature called, if you right click and do follow TCP stream, That'll pull the stream data out, and then you get a, 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 <laughs> like a thumbs up. So that means you can like, okay? So, hey, look, 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 everybody. This isn't the, the packet's telling you to like, okay? It's not like me. like the video. I like it. It's right there. It's right there. And then I think there's another feature in this one, too. I didn't show you this yet. If you just go to, I think, this file. So if you ever have HTTP, you can go to export objects, HTTP, and there's a really cool thing. If you ever have JPEGs, be careful. This is where a malware, we're going to have a malware conversation again. But if you have a JPEG, you can also preview it, which is kind of fun. And then, oh, there's a subscribe button. So <laughs> there was a like and a subscribe in the PCAP. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> well done. So you got to like and subscribe to the video. Is, is that kind of what you like hinting at? I mean, the PCAPs are saying that. I mean, that's it. No, actually, this is this is a fun one to generate. I'll share it with everybody if they'd like. That's brilliant, Chris. Again, All right, thanks well, so much, man. Great to, great to chat with you, David. Have a good one. I'll just say this to everyone who's watching. You know, Chris and I are like, it feels like we're opening up a can of worms here. It's just like more and more stuff. Um, but let us know. Do you want us to go even deeper into this stuff? I'll put a bunch of links to Cisco's website, which I found useful and you know, stuff that Chris has found as well. But if you want us to go even more into the crazy depths of, um, of this stuff, let us know in the comments below. Thanks, Chris. Bye, everybody.